and welcome to this episode of the Ethical Conversations podcast. So today we're joined with Charlotte from at Sustainably Char on Instagram. She's been a vegan for three years and she's going to chat us through some of the reasons why she became a vegan and how she stayed a vegan. So hello, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, very excited. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so let's just jump straight into it. Kind of, can you tell us about your vegan journey, where you started, why you started, that sort of thing? It's a bit of a long one, mm-hmm. but yes. Um, but I basically grew up knowing that you could be vegetarian and not die from rickets <laughs> or malnutrition or anything, because my mum and my auntie are both vegetarians, and mm-hmm. they've both been vegetarian for... 20 years before I was even born mm-hmm. so like I knew that that was a thing and I grew up um seeing my mum at the dinner table having a vegetarian meal and knew that that was fine um she would cook us meat so I grew up not a vegetarian um but I knew that you could survive and not die um and because I was quite curious about it um I decided when I was 14 to try being vegetarian for Lent I'm not particularly religious but my mum was so it was just like a quick like 40 day challenge that I could try um, so I tried being vegetarian. It was fine. I quite liked it. But then I went back to being uh, eating meat. And then like every so often had a vegetarian meal. Um, and then when I was 15, I did Lent again and went vegetarian. And then after that, I stuck with it. So I was vegetarian from when I was 15 because I realized I didn't really like the meat that much. Like it wasn't, I'd had 40 days and I knew that a year ago I'd also had 40 days and I hadn't missed it. I hadn't had a, a craving for anything so it wasn't really anything that bothered me um so I stuck to being vegetarian from when I was 15 um and then the following year when I was 16 <laughs> for Lent again I went vegan um mm-hmm. just to see as like a little personal challenge see if I could do it um I hadn't really known very much about veganism but I was just curious and I had I think I had a friend that was vegan and sounded quite interesting I never really liked cheese or eggs or cream or anything so it wasn't that difficult for me mm-hmm. but it was chocolate and the milk in tea and I had a lot of that um but yeah so I tried that for 40 days and that was fine and then I went back to being vegetarian and every so often had a vegan meal um and then when I was 17 surprise surprise again <laughs> for Lent I went vegan um and then from there because I was still living at home I couldn't go fully vegan my mum was still doing quite a lot of the cooking and she was like I don't know what to feed you um so I was like 75% vegan 25% and then from there when I was 18 and went to uni I was like the September from about the January I've been pretty much vegan but not quite um and then when I went to uni I was like I'm just going to cut it out completely I know I can survive I know I haven't missed it um and yeah so I've been vegan for about three years it's, it's, it's a bit rough because I know that I had probably not actually had any meat or anything in years but mm-hmm. it's been quite a long journey like I've been doing this for like four five however many long years mm-hmm. um but yeah the funniest thing I find really strange is when I was younger I was absolutely addicted to milk like I didn't have cheese or eggs or anything but I loved milk and loved chocolate and all of that um and when I was 12 I actually found out that I'm allergic to dairy oh, no. <laughs> mildly um and the doctor basically said you need to try two weeks without any dairy just to mm-hmm. see how you go I couldn't even do it I managed a week and really? I was like I need the milk I need the chocolate and now I haven't had any dairy in like four years 
and I just find that the most ridiculous thing but you feel better now you've stopped eating dairy did you did you notice a different or oh, no I didn't really but then I don't know like I think I was just so like oh I just love chocolate so much it's worth the worth the pain but then not I just yeah. happy with vegan chocolate now because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people they say they feel lighter and they feel just better in themselves but yeah I think I've the definitely same. got a lot more energy and just felt a bit more refreshed but because I was doing it over such a like mm-hmm. slow incline I maybe didn't notice the change because I um from, I didn't go straight from like you hear some people they go full-on meat eater watch mm-hmm. conspiracy the next day vegan mm-hmm. and I applaud people that can do that but it just wasn't how it worked for me and I definitely did a slow gradual change um which is what I recommend to people because I just think it's easier if you slowly swap out things you're not going to think oh yesterday I had a really nice cup of tea with cow's milk you'll think oh yesterday I had a nice cup of tea with soy milk and then the day before that was oat milk and maybe a couple of months ago I had uh cow's milk but it doesn't it isn't so like oh yesterday it's it's a longer time and you get used to the changes and then you choose it rather than yeah it's just easier to go slow mm-hmm. if you can do it the next day I applaud you but if you want to I think the most sustainable way to carry on and like for you to be able to keep up is to do it slowly yeah so what what was the reason for you wanting to try being vegan was it just to see what it was like or did you have any motivations behind that um I first gave up the meat when we went vegetarian because I just didn't really like it and if I didn't like it what was the point in an animal dying for me to think it was okay when I could just have a really nice vegetarian meal um and then again it was because I didn't really like the eggs or the cheese or the cream or anything I was like well I know that cows probably don't want to be milk and if I'm only having it once a day or something why like what's the point in having it if I could just not have it if if the cows don't want to do milk blah blah mm-hmm. blah um and I'm only having it once a day maybe I could just try not having it and then that's a bit easier um and then from there I educated myself a bit more on well how does the dairy industry work because obviously it's a lot more obvious with uh, bacon the pig mm-hmm. has to die but dairy and things like that you don't really think about it because mm-hmm. it is so like different and you don't really think about it and I try to like educate myself about that and just realize that there was no need for me to be having that I don't want to support that kind of industry and things like that um and I actually remember having a conversation with a girl um I knew who was vegan and she said that um she always finds vegetarians very frustrating because um it's like you're so you're so close to being vegan and you're so close to being mm-hmm. um like completely ethical and everything which I now relate to like oh, so close so mm-hmm. close <laughs> um but she said that um if she was gonna have either be a vegetarian and not have um, meat but eat dairy or um eat meat but not eat dairy she would choose to eat meat and not eat dairy because at least with um the meat the animal dies and then it's suffering is mm-hmm. over whereas with dairy the suffering goes on for five years impregnated and impregnated taking the baby away taking the baby away and then pain and, and it, it's just a cycle and it never, never ends and then they get killed maybe at the end of it yeah and I hadn't really thought about that um so it was quite interesting to think about that and I think that definitely sparked the thought in my mind being like she's a vegan and she's thinking that mm-hmm. maybe maybe I need to think about that and it was 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was definitely um, more the animal welfare, um, mm-hmm. animal welfare side. Um, and then it was only once I was already vegan, um, and I'd been vegan for about a year, that I was thinking about the. Surely there must be some kind of like environmental impact with having meat and things like that. So I knew obviously growing a cow, you know, mm-hmm. uh, raising a cow is going to take up in resources and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, so it, it hadn't really occurred to me though. But then, um, yeah, I'd obviously um, been interested in the environment, things like that, but not really thought about it. And then slowly started educating myself about it over the last like two years and then I think that's definitely made me a lot more passionate about it because some people they do like the taste of meat and some people they don't care about the animals dying and that's fine but we all need to care about the environment because Mm -hmm. we don't have a lot of time left and I think that's definitely sparked my passion for it a lot more recently um but yeah it was definitely environment came later and I like I only watched Cowspiracy and all the like environmental documentaries and like educated myself on it last year when Mm -hmm. I had already been vegan for two years so do you did you find do you find that now when you're talking to people about it it's easier to get through to people when you talk about the environmental impact as opposed to the ethical impact I think um it can be I think a lot of the time it can be because um yeah like I have quite a lot of friends that um are part of farming not part of farming but like grew up in farming and things mm-hmm. like that so they obviously um understand that it's a way of life things like that and they don't necessarily see the problem in the um like how the farming raises and the animals and things like that they don't necessarily see a problem with that and that's because of the way they've been brought up and like into involved and that's fine um but i think people are definitely getting more aware of how much we actually need to start taking drastic actions um about the environment and if they can't like if just the way they've been brought up they haven't really they don't see a problem with the animal and the moral side of it environment definitely a way it's like an alternative reason for them to start thinking about it and i've also found that the environmental impact um can be quite good when you're talking to um vegetarians um because they're obviously like obviously they they know that they're doing pretty good moral wise because they're not killing the animal themselves they're not eating it um but um yeah it's just what that little bit and you're like you could you you do know that dairy also takes up a lot of environmental resources and things mm-hmm. like that and I think um, like my mum was vegetarian and she absolutely loved cheese complete cheese addict and now she's pretty much vegan because like over the past two years it's when I've been learning about the environmental impact and send a message to my mum be like did you know this and like did you know how much uh, water it takes to make a block of cheese and things like that and um with the younger people it's definitely people getting more concerned about the environment the mm-hmm. older generation are not as worried um but younger people are realizing that we all have a responsibility to do it so yeah i think it's definitely interesting because obviously i still want people to care about the moral side of it mm-hmm. but a lot of people the environmental impact is what motivates them and i think that's completely fine mm-hmm. um i think it's really important that you find why you want to do this and um like learn as much about that as possible because if you know why you want to do it you'll be um motivated to keep going rather than like you won't be tempted to go back because you'll know why you were so passionate about it um so if that's the environment if that's health reasons if that's um, moral animal welfare if that's just saving money like learn why you want to do it and stick to it i think 
Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more about the environmental impact? Um, is it like from the carbon emissions side, from the water usage side, like you mentioned? Um, what is the impact? I don't, I'm not sciencey, so I don't actually know all the facts and everything. Um, but when you think about it, in order to, like remember in year eight science when you were about 12 and you did all the, um, what were they, like the carbon diagrams where you did mm -hmm. the, the sun feeds the grass and the grass yeah. feeds the snail and mm -hmm. the snail feeds the caterpillar and mm -hmm. then it goes all the way up and then you get the cow at the end mm -hmm. and the cow only has however much energy and then you compare that to the grass and the grass has so much because it gets it directly. So if you're cutting out all those individual steps, you're cutting out all of the resources that are needed to make that, so that's water, the carbon, um, food, like every single step. If you can eat the grass, or you find grass, but like you can eat the beans or you can eat um, the vegetables, why then have all these extra steps to get a less efficient energy source, have something that's used more water, more carbon, more energy, often more electricity because they have to like feed the animal mm -hmm. and like keep it heated and make sure it's warm and fed and things like that when you could just use the beans. Mm -hmm. And like it uses so much water, um, carbon. A lot of people are worried about soy and they make a big thing about how deforestation is all soy, um, really bad. But actually a lot of that, like the majority of deforestation in the Amazon because of soy is to then feed cows and it's for cattle. It's not actually mm -hmm. for uh, soybeans, it's not for tofu, it's not for soy milk. It's to feed the animals. If you took all of that soy that's being used, obviously you don't want to put it in the station, but like if you took the example of that much soy, you could feed the entire world. Mm -hmm. Why then just feed a couple of cows so that the rich can eat the cows when the people that are starving yeah. don't just have any food? I, I'm not very science, so I don't know all the numbers and the facts, mm -hmm. but it, it's just, for me, it was just thinking like, why, why do we need to go through all these steps to have a less efficient energy source? Yeah. uses all these for water carbon it's just and especially i really like seeing um like pie charts and all the charts and graphics mm -hmm. and everything when you see explicitly like one burger equals 70 showers or something yeah. or um one block of peas equals a drive in a car 20 mm -hmm. miles or something like i don't know if that's true but <laughs> seeing it next to each other you think how many times could I have a shower? Like, how often do I have a shower? That's like, what, a month's worth of showers for one dinner? Mm -hmm. why, why do I want that? Is that really more important? One yeah. meal? Um, and as well, like you said, it is, a, it is like a class and a wealth imbalance because in many countries, kind of, they don't eat meat because they can't afford it. And right. if you think about how many cows, so you have 10 cows in a field, that I don't know how much food that will provide, but that's not going to provide as much food as like if you planted crops in that field because you yeah. grow so many more crops than you can raise cows the, the size of the field that you'd need 10 cows mm -hmm. how many potatoes could you grow in that field exactly. things like that just it didn't really make sense to me like yeah. i can't do math but i was like that doesn't really stand <laughs> up. why would you do that <laughs> when you could just feed the people anyway and as well when people say oh it's so expensive to be a vegan but actually it's not because that is what kind of the poorest people are doing exactly Meat yeah it's expensive if you yeah. just buy beans and vegetables that's really not more expensive than like a steak no not at all it's, you do get expensive things mm -hmm. um like all the fake meats and everything but also they need them mm -hmm. like they're obviously you just not 
essential and I think that's why like I've definitely had the lowest budget mm-hmm. um and the like lowest spending shop out of my friendship group because I'm like I literally just eat there's a running joke that all I eat is vegetables and rice <laughs> because it's true mm-hmm. um but it's not like steamed vegetables and boiled rice mm-hmm. it'll be rice and a stir fry rice and a curry rice and a vegetable um chili things like mm-hmm. that and then you put in some chickpeas a tin of chickpeas 33 pence mm-hmm. how is that expensive 33 yeah. pence and that will do me three four meals for one person whereas you get a thing of sausages and you get six sausages for other way three pounds mm-hmm. how, does, how does that make sense it's not expensive at all if yeah. you get the expensive things like the avocados and the spirulina powder and mm-hmm. who knows what then yeah it's going to be expensive but at the basics the basic vegetables rice uh chickpeas beans things like that that is what the very poorest people eat because that's what's available mm-hmm. so it makes sense that we can do the same so like when you were in university when you were a student can you talk us through like your weekly shop kind of like what you'd buy how how yeah. much it cost if you can remember <laughs> um so I tended to do um, one or two. So the terms are 12 weeks and um, we'd have like, I tend to do two big shops. So that would, um, I'd do a six week shop and that shop would be, say, I reckon about 50 pounds for six mm-hmm. weeks. And that would get all my tins of chickpeas, some tomatoes, rice, pasta, all of the staples that aren't going to mm-hmm. go off. I'd get, um, say, a butternut and a sweet potato that, um, that joke but it's quite hard to give yourself food poisoning um <laughs> when you're a vegan obviously things like butternuts and stuff shouldn't necessarily be kept for ages but as one person eating it you get a big butternut that lasts you two weeks yeah and you can even like, just freeze it if you need exactly to. so i'd get like um the big like carrots and things like that in the first week mm-hmm. and spend 50 pounds and then that would last me um until week six and then i'd get another one and things like that and then i'd so that's it's like less than 10 pounds yeah. for a week um and then every so often um during the week we had a we actually had a every week on a thursday there'd be a fruit and veg market that did packaged vegetables um from like a locally um grown place mm-hmm. um and so every week i would get say another pepper or um spinach or kale let's say i was running low on onions or i'd get pepper bananas and things like that and i'd maybe spend four pounds that week but obviously some weeks you'd buy more and then other weeks you wouldn't buy um so i think i probably only spent about 10 15 pounds a week and i don't think that cost very much and i was definitely towards the end of uni i was spending a bit more because i was like i do quite want to buy a mango or <laughs> do quite want to get a thing of bananas and it's probably fine but especially like in the first year mm-hmm. the first term where you're like i have no idea how much food costs what do I do? I don't want to spend all my money like the first time. I spent barely anything because I was just being so frugal with things. Obviously, I'm quite privileged to be able to buy fifty pounds in one go. Mm-hmm. Some people do need to do weekly, and that's fine. I definitely still think that's doable. But I found it really useful to say get a kilogram of rice, and then in the first week use that, and then that would like do me quite well. But it's it's not more expensive. The alternative milks and cheeses and meat they can be expensive but you don't need them and 
saying use them as like a treat, maybe have them twice, three times a week rather than with every meal. Um, and definitely rely more on the beans and the pulse to stick to the lentils and things like that. Because they can still be really delicious and um, it's just easier. And often they also um, have a lot less packaging, which obviously I quite like because mm-hmm. a lot of steak meats are in plastic and things like that. Whereas a tin of chickpeas, they're streaky, that'll do me four meals, that's tin, and then be recycled. Obviously, that isn't like an important factor, but for me personally, I'm like, I'm quite happy to have the chickpeas mm-hmm. because I like them. I'm happy they're cheaper and it can also be recycled. It's a nice uh, little benefit, but also, if you want, um, obviously, it depends on the shop that you go to. Like, I got out of delivery because they were just the ones that I liked and it was cheapest. Some people, if you're um, having to go to the Tesco's or having to go to things, it just depends on the shop. But mm-hmm. check out the own brand stuff. Uh, my ride or die is the after one pound long life oat milk because mm-hmm. it's just beautiful <laughs> for a pound rather than for um, some of the like oatly and stuff. Obviously, it's better, but it's like yeah. one pound fifty. Mm-hmm. You've got to save the pennies. With the one pound stuff is beautiful. Yeah, you yeah. can buy a can of chickpeas as well if you buy the own brand. Exactly. The own brand everything is just the way to go and like get things in bulk. If you if you can afford to spend mm-hmm. a little bit more in one go, get a big like a big kilogram of rice and that'll last you. Um and yeah, it's just meal plan if you can, try and use up all your vegetables, scraps and things like that. Like use your broccoli stalk soup and things like that. It's just making the most of what you can mm-hmm. and I think as a vegan you obviously I don't know you just seem a bit more aware because you see this broccoli stalk and you're like this is perfectly eatable it's not going to go off whereas with meat and dairy and things like that they do have more explicit like eat mm-hmm. by dates and things like that whereas if carrot's been in the fridge and it's looking a bit a little bit sorry for itself I'm still eat it <laughs> I'm not going to do any harm <laughs> so I just make less, mm-hmm. less food waste so kind of you were a vegan for a few years and then you started thinking about sustainability so yeah. what what other things do you now do on the sustainability side aside from veganism um so i try and make sure that i get all of my fruit and veg unpackaged mm-hmm. um every so often like it's quite hard to find things unpackaged and every so often it's not really possible but because we have that weekly um fruit and veg shop that came to the uni and was completely unpackaged I, I try and get quite a lot of my stuff from there because you don't really need the apple to come in a bag mm-hmm. like there's just no need for it um, so I get things without as much plastic as possible um, I try and reduce the amount of plastic I'm getting in my general food shop so if things come in cardboard or glass or um, tin then I go for that rather than plastic ones Obviously, it's just unavoidable sometimes, like pasta mm. and rice and things like that. I didn't have the money to buy it loose in like bulk shops because there wasn't really one where I was. Um, so it's sometimes it's unavoidable, but if I can avoid it, I just go to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I only use shop secondhand clothing. Um, I think the last time I bought anything new, who knows when? <laughs> <laughs> um, and this year, I've told myself I'm not going to buy anything new. Um, for a whole year just to see how that goes mm-hmm. um, and I'm loving it so far saving money um, I am quite stingy with the amount of water I use I try and 
um, do my washing up with as little water, have really quick showers. Um, one thing that I think people think is quite weird, I'd turn my shower off in between shampooing and conditioning my hair. You don't need the water on your back, do you? <laughs> you don't need it. Um, obviously, with some showers, the water, like you need to have it on so that it stays hot, and that's fine to have a quick shower. But um, we had one where it would still stay warm, so I just turn it off when I'm shampooing, mm-hmm. turn it on, wash my hair, turn it off, and then yeah. I think it's quite weird, but you don't need water. Um, I recycle everything that I can, mm-hmm. and I'm renowned at my university house for being quite grumpy with people and being like, this isn't recyclable, <laughs> why is it in the recycling bin? And taking things out and washing them and just putting them back in the recycling oh, bin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got that to look forward to. a thing that I'm doing to be sustainable because a lot of it I've done for ages and it's just mm-hmm. being so lifestyle like, now. Yeah. You don't need to spend especially when you're eating you're just paying for water. You don't really have to think about that when you're living at home. Mm-hmm. Why would I pay for water just to go in my back when I am washing my hair <laughs> when I can just turn it off? Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I definitely try and buy everything second hand that I can. Um clothing is always second hand. I don't buy some fast fashion or anything. Um and furniture and things like that I'm mm-hmm. trying to get second hand like lots of plates and all the like when you're going to uni I didn't buy pop items from London charity shop to get all my plates from charity shop yeah no I'm using my mum's like got that. loads of old stuff my parents have got loads of old pans and stuff so I'm yeah. just I'm just gonna nick that and take it with me exactly you don't need new things and I think it's just realizing that there's so much in the world already just use what's already there you don't need it can be second hand and it can be just as good it can be third hand and it can be just mm-hmm. as good um but yeah i think veganism is definitely the thing that i it's quite sad but it's like oh even if i haven't really done very much today <laughs> even in my three meals even if i've eaten way more than everyone else in my house mm-hmm. the amount of food that i've eaten has made such a big environmental impact <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's quite a nice little like pat on the back mm-hmm. Do you think you'd have gotten into sustainability kind of down the line or do you think that really you probably wouldn't have cared about it if you weren't vegan first? I think I definitely would have yeah because I'm I've always been quite like interested in that and I'm quite annoying and stubborn and political and grumpy mm-hmm. and I'm like you need to do this <laughs> blah 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 and I probably would have eventually got down the line and be like oh my god the planet's mm-hmm. dying and then taken it on for myself and being like mm-hmm. so I can still get the grumpiness out of me mm-hmm. and the political side but um I think it's just you don't realize how much environmental impact one meal has until you're not eating that meal mm-hmm. and then you're thinking like you're looking over at the table next to you and you're saying my friend's eating dinner with me how much is how much has gone into that dinner in comparison to my dinner and then you start thinking about it um I definitely think it's opened my eyes to things yeah mm-hmm. And like, what was your experience going to university and deciding to be vegan, but knowing that you probably weren't going to be living with vegans? Mm-hmm. You didn't know what the people were. I assume that you went into halls, so maybe you didn't yeah. know who the other um, people were. Like, what was that experience like? Kind of having to make friends, but also having this thing that made you a little bit different from everyone else. Yeah. Um, well, there's obviously that stereotype of the annoying freaky vegan, mm-hmm. which I fully live up to. It is my personality, <laughs> but at first, when I first went, I was like, I don't want to go to uni 
and everyone hate me and be like oh my god she's such a vegan she's really annoying <laughs> so I made it um I told them that I was vegetarian um being like oh I don't eat meat but I didn't tell them that I was vegan I just whenever they offered me milk or something I said oh no I've got my own it's okay um and things like that and I actually took my like two weeks to know I was vegan because I was like I don't want to bring it up I want them to get to get to know me first um and then it was only they were like why aren't you eating chocolate that that's on the table I'm like oh I don't eat milk and they're like why not because <laughs> <laughs> I was just so worried about them being like oh god vegan mm-hmm. but um it was fine it can be a bit gross especially when like I already hadn't eaten meat for years beforehand mm-hmm. being suddenly in a house of 12 people where they're cooking a steak or some meatballs out of a tin for and you're like that's definitely got some pig sauces in or something like that's not nice but at the same time I was actually quite lucky because um coincidentally four out of five of my French group are ve- uh, vegetarian mm-hmm. so um most of us are vegetarian there's only one person that isn't um and that was just completely coincidentally um and it's actually been really interesting watching this one friend Anna the one that doesn't um isn't vegetarian because we'd go to the library and we'd take our balances out and we'd mm-hmm. have like oh a cheese sandwich or a um, leftover vegetable blah, blah, and then she'd have her tuna sandwich and then she'd be like, oh looking around looking around yeah and it was it's only when you're surrounded by people eating vegetarian meals that things like maybe I do have a lot of meat not realise so it's actually been really like all these vegetarian options and being really really good about thinking about what you're having but it's only it's not thin because we're saying oh you should have that not Mm -hmm. telling off it's just because we should sat down having our sandwiches and still look and be like oh that sounds really nice and Mm -hmm. um it's yeah I find that quite it can be difficult because you obviously don't want people to not like you and sometimes get a bit grumpy because there might be someone trying to use your chopping board or something mm-hmm. um but I was quite strict and I was like I'm going on the top shelf of the fridge there is going to be no food contamination here um no one is going to use my washing up board unless or like my frying pan or anything like that unless they ask me and unless they wash it up if you wash it up that's fine I don't mind um and I think you have to assert yourself um Mm-hmm. I, it, it, it's just my personality now and I think I've accepted that but at first I was quite worried about it but it wasn't hard at all because especially when you're cooking for yourself it's not that difficult mm-hmm. you just sit down at dinner and then eat your own dinner and it's fine yeah I don't know. did you find do you find it like easy to convert I use that with mm-hmm. like <laughs> inverted uh, commas but to convert people kind of from that way where they just see what you're eating, see what you're doing, rather than kind of being in their face about it. I know you say you're like a preachy vegan, but I really don't imagine you kind of like arguing with... Shout at people. Exactly. Like, what have you found is the best way to communicate what you believe in to people? I think I struggle quite a lot because I can get quite passionate about it. And especially when, especially when it's your friends and your family and your loved ones, you really want them to know why you are so passionate about this why you really want it like strangers is frustrating but it's not really that big a deal but like when it's your your family and you're like i really really want you to know why i'm so passionate about this why do you need to worry about this um and they don't listen and it can be quite frustrating and you can get confused but the arguments and the like conversations like that they tend to end up with me a bit frustrated my the parents get a bit annoyed at me because i'm making everyone upset at the dinner table um and like 
they can be productive conversations you have to be in an environment where they're willing to listen and there's mm. like no judgment or anything and often that's quite difficult to facilitate and um, you need to know that someone that will listen to you um, so I found that just sitting down and having a dinner next to someone and then saying that actually smells really good mm-hmm. and then trying to then oh that actually, that actually tastes really good as well what's in it how do you make it was that difficult how much mm-hmm. did that cost I just I think a lot of people are open to their eyes because if you've grown up in a family where you have four meat eaters every day and you have two meat and two meat and one veg meat and one I don't know one, one meat and two meat. veg <laughs> <laughs> you don't necessarily know that you can cook other things mm-hmm. and like I was quite lucky because my mum made these amazing vegetarian meals and I know how to cook really well even if it's um just like I am just sitting in the library people are like and I think just gentle advocacy being like I can live perfectly happy and contented and healthy vegan life I can save money I can save the planet um, and I can eat really well people will see it and be like that's quite nice and I think it's even if um, because it's a lot harder to make people suddenly go I'm going to be vegan 100% but if you can say this is a really easy meal this tastes really good but we'll make it with you um, we'll make it together and then you make dinner together and then you have them because that's really nice mm-hmm. they can then make that themselves and even if that's one meal swap out that still has a really big impact um and then slowly they can start building up their own repertoire mm-hmm. um and realize they can cook themselves i think that's a lot more important because it's a lot easier for people to then start thinking about it and do it themselves you need to you need to thought process to your own mm-hmm. you can't just have people telling you things because then you're more likely to be like no i have my own thoughts do you think veganism is the way forward in both a sustainable lifestyle and in a normal lifestyle kind of for the planet for the space for the water for the resources do you think at the end of the day we'll all end up just having to be vegan except maybe the extreme rich just because it will not be attainable i think um it could be whether or not it will be Mm-hmm. it's going to have to wait and see but it is the single biggest way to have um the biggest impact on animal welfare obviously mm-hmm. um it's also the single biggest way to have an impact on your environmental uh, output and impact things like that it's easier to choose what you're having on your dinner plate than it is to say drive like some people have no choice they have to drive they have to go to work it's a lot easier to choose what you have for dinner mm-hmm. you can make that change that happens worry about things like that some people have to fly because they have to go see family things like that but you can choose what you have for dinner you, you have control over this small thing um i think first and foremost you need to have a like large-scale political mm-hmm. corporational level change and understanding about the way we think about um, climate change but the individual that isn't yes we can ask for it and yes we can demand that we have it but we don't actually get and make those decisions mm-hmm. as an individual the only decision we can make and one of the easiest ones to make is what we're having for dinner and I think um, it's definitely the way forward and it should be whether or not it is we'll just wait and see mm-hmm. I think um, with climate change and things like shenanigans um, meat is going to get more expensive and it is going to become more rare people are going to have to start treating it as a luxury um, and I think having more vegan meals and living like that is just the way, it's the most sustainable way to live. It's mm-hmm. the only one that can be sustained. Yeah. 
Okay, so now just like five quick fire questions, kind of this or that's to do with sustainability. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Organic cotton or tensile, which is made from trees? Second hand, two pound charity stock, (laughs) made from whatever it is. (laughs) Oat milk or soy milk? Oat milk, 100%, don't like soy. Reusable water bottle or coffee keep cup? Uh, Reusable water bottle because water's great. Um, do you prefer travelling by train or coach? Train. Mm-hmm. And do you prefer vintage or upcycled? Uh, vintage, I think. Mm-hmm. Me too. All right, well, thank you very much. This has been so useful. I've loved chatting with you. I've got lots of insight now from kind of when I start my own veganism journey. Yeah, um, sorry thank you. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. Thank you very much. All right. Make sure to follow the Ethical Conversations podcast on Instagram. Subscribe. Give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because that really helps. Um, And I'll see you next week. Thanks for coming on, Charlotte. Thank you. It was really lovely. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ethical Conversations podcast with Charlotte. Be sure to check out Charlotte on Instagram at sustainablyshar. And while you're at it, why not give the podcast a follow at Ethical Conversations podcast. If you've got a spare two minutes, please do give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps and I would love to know any comments that you've got. If there's any topics you'd like me to chat about or any guests you'd like me to have on, I would love to know your thoughts. I've been your host at JessRig underscore and I hope that you'll tune in next week so we can have some more ethical conversations. Bye for now.